Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio at FreedomSlips.com. Any commercial advertising you may hear in this program is of the sole discretion and benefit of the host of whose program you are listening to. Revolution Radio does not endorse any commercial products, nor does it accept monetary compensation for on-air advertising of commercial products, nor will it ever. We are and shall remain 100% listener supported. Any product advertising on this program are considered used at higher risk, and Revolution Radio shall not be held liable for any claims or damages received from any product advertised within this program. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. Good morning. You're listening to the Fact Hunter Experience on Revolution.radio and FreedomSlips.com. There's been over a 20 to 1 return. If you had put that money into an S&P 500 and reinvested the dividends, you'd come up with something like $17 billion, but you think it's $200 billion. Here, yeah. You're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. These vaccines are highly, highly effective. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. They're really, really good against variants. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. Get your first shot, and when you're due for your second, get your second shot. Our key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no, almost no uh, infection going on whatsoever. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized, you're not going to be in an ICU unit, and you're not going to die. If you are fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. Anyone who is fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities, large or small, without wearing a mask or physical distancing. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. You know, we didn't have vaccines that block transmission. 
We got vaccines that help you with your health, but they only slightly reduce the transmissions. We need a new new way of doing the vaccine. The level of virus in the nasopharynx of a person who's vaccinated and infected is the same level as the level of virus in the nasopharynx of an unvaccinated person. Reports from our international colleagues, including Israel, suggest increased risk of severe disease amongst those vaccinated early. And if you look at Israel, mm-hmm. which has always been a month to a month and a half ahead of us, they are seeing a waning of immunity, not only against infection, but against hospitalizations and to some extent death. A booster might actually be an essential part of the primary regimen that people should have. The plan is for every, every adult to get a booster shot. Uh, clearly one of the best investments uh, I've ever been involved in. Good morning, Revolution Radio. How's everybody doing on this Wednesday, December 22nd, 2021? Uh, the Branch Covidians tighten their grip on society. Uh, yesterday, they made another offensive move. We'll talk about that. Lots of audio, lots to talk about. We have John from... Uh, Eternal Extrapolation, standing by. Uh, it's going to be a great show. Lots to cover. Uh, as this is our last show before Christmas, before we get all into the the doom and gloom, uh, I want to wish everybody out there, uh, we've been riding this train since I think about the middle of April was our first show. So thank you all. Uh, you're like family to us here. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Um, I hope you get to spend time with your family. Um, Lord knows what 2022 is going to bring. We were all excited to put 2020 behind us and obviously 2021 didn't work out so well and not sure how 2022 is going to work out but it's not looking good but that's uh that's okay we'll talk about that uh but from my family tears merry christmas happy holidays however you celebrate it um you know enjoy this weekend don't worry about uh, the nut jobs the branch covidians out there who eat breathe and sleep this stuff i was at the store What's today? Wednesday. I guess Monday. This guy was wearing a face shield, eye goggles, um, a cloth mask, and rubber gloves. Right? This is day 651 to flatten the curve of, you know, 14 days to stop the spread. And people are still afraid. Two years of your life, they just put on the side. Nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. At some point, you just got to say, you know what? Let's, hey, (laughs) you risk your life every time you get in your car and drive. When you get on a plane, nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. Nobody. So why would you spend so much of your life being afraid to enjoy it? Because some guy on TV that you'll never meet, who has no interest in your well-being, you're going to listen to him. Okay, that's your choice, right? That's your, your choice. That's your freedom. But, you know, these are the people that are listening to MSNBC, Fox News, CNN, Uh, That's why it's so important to keep this platform going. 87 hosts. There's two studios going 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's important. We keep, especially in this time right now, we need to go on the offensive. We need to spread the word. People are waking up. I see it every day. I was shocked. I was talking to a guy down at the the corner store. He's starting to get, he got the first injection. Then one of his friends talked to him. He never got any more. And he even knows what the Georgia Guidestones are. These people, there's a mad, there is a great awakening. There really is. If you notice today on social media, especially on Twitter, 
they're debunking the World Economic Forum. The Great Reset, how it was taken out of context. Why would huge social media companies be putting all this stuff down? Because they know people are waking up and they have to have, quote unquote, fact, uh, fact checkers, you know, debunk this stuff. It's just a joke. So there is a great awakening. Um, again, revolution.radiofreedomslips.com. Uh, we only have about nine days left in this year. If you haven't donated this month, if you have a, a few spare uh, cents, dollars, it would be greatly appreciated to keep this uh, platform going. And there's several ways you can do so. You can click donations at the top of the page, do a one-time donation. You can become a Patreon, and a donation comes out the first of the month. Or if you scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page, where we are at 344,000 plus views on this website, that's awesome. You can send a check money order to Revolution Radio addressed to Terry Ackerman at 1793 North Eden Road, Allen, Michigan, 49227. And that's okay if you didn't get it. Just go to freedomslips.com and scroll to the bottom of the page. And uh, please help keep this platform going, even if you're listening on uh, a rebroadcast on my podcast and you're hearing this. Support Revolution Radio. And you you support Revolution Radio, not just financially, which is important, but spread the word. When you see your friends, tell them, hey, log on to Revolution Radio. Or I listen on – there's a really good app. It's a little confusing, though. It's called Xeno Radio. Very handy app. But it doesn't recognize when you put Revolution Radio in the search engine. You got to put Freedom Slips. Just type in Freedom and it'll come up. And both studios, Studio A, Studio B is on that app. And it runs flawlessly. That's what I listen uh, to. So we have a lot to talk about. And uh, again, John is standing by. We'll get to him. I had my, uh, where's my sheet? Good morning, John. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, George. Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt there by just showing my face for a moment. But, Merry uh, Christmas yeah, to you. Opening, Merry Christmas to you, too. That that opening clip is, is just pretty mind-blowing, really. I mean, it's very simple, but effective in its message, I would say. Yeah. How many times have these folks changed their narrative over the last year or 18 months, or however long it's been, to fit their agenda? And that's what it is. It's agenda-driven. It's not based on science or anything else simply agenda driven. And when you put things in this type of, when you deliver it like this, maybe, you know, it will wake a few people up. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate that you're being optimistic there, you know, Um, because I happen to know this week, I've been speaking to a few people this week and last week, of course, but just who are going through um, a lot of doom and gloom. And I am a doom and gloom merchant, believe it or not. (laughs) You know, Uh, my mother always would say to me, you know, that uh, I cannot just throw things away because there's an imperfection with it, you know. Um, And I knew that was a failing of mine and it stuck with me that um, it's a bit like a kid throwing a temper tantrum, supposing if he didn't get exactly what he wanted for his birthday. I remember there was a girl who was given um, a Lexus or some nice sports car for her 16th birthday on Sweet 16, and it was a ridiculously exuberant present uh, to give to a 16-year-old. She was a spoiled princess already, quite clearly. And instead of being delighted, there was a big, big red bow over this convertible Lexus, I think it was anyway, and it was the wrong color. And I think she had been very clear to her mom or something like this, what, what color she wanted, you know. And it wasn't, maybe it was like, I wanted candy, apple red, not hot pink or something like this, you know. 
and she threw a strap like an absolute histrionic huff she had and um you know her birthday was ruined then because of this terrible thing that had happened to her that she'd been given the wrong lexus for her 16th birthday and so she uh, couldn't enjoy her birthday after that so i mean we can all see what's wrong with that yeah and uh, i know that it, it sounds very saccharine but i don't want to necessarily say the world is finished there's no hope for it and all of us we must just give up and die but i've been speaking good to a lot of people i know it's a terrible thing i immediately flipped this but a lot of people have lost all hope and myself included but i'm trying to hang on you know every so often somebody shows me that there is humanity as in there is good in people and you know it when you see it when you hear it you know there are prince there are people with principles and they understand they don't need to be told what these liars are and, and how they operate they can see it too you know yeah. but there's a lot of people even though that all of this thing is lies and nonsense and a, just a big ridiculous uh, obvious fabrication um it's causing very real harm to people you know it, it it's for for two years now you keep up this nonsense and it not only does it put people out of jobs but it's causing people's sanity to snap because how can you keep resolute when you feel like you're all alone but everything everywhere is saying no no you're you're the one who's crazy we can't all be crazy you know and as you said there like they'll change the story anytime it suits them they'll say we were learning as we were going how could we have known back then what's happening now and then our great uh world leader interim world leader until lucifer appears bill gates <laughs> is saying oh the plan was never about uh trying to prevent transmission Oh, the, no, no, no. It was just to reduce the severity of disease. Of course, you're going to get it. Uh, and, and that was, by the way, we, we, we're telling you this now. He's mentioning this, you know, luckily enough, after they changed the definition of what a virus, sorry, what a vaccine what, is supposed to do. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's something that's been so, brought up. Uh, I think it was August of 2020 is when they changed the definition of a vaccine. So it could include mRNA technology, basically. Yeah, and I, I think as well, it, it, it weasel worded around whether a, a vaccine was supposed to prevent you from acquiring a disease. <laughs> I think it actually sort of said, oh, no, you can get the disease. That's the whole point of getting a vaccine kind of thing, you know, turn everything on its head. And, you know, like, um, oh, that comedian whose name escapes him for the moment, uh, Carlin, George Carlin. Uh, and he sort of would say, nobody seems to notice. Nobody seems to care. And we move on, George, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Indeed. At least some of us don't, though. Some of us are trying to remind everyone. I'll let you get on with the rest of the show just for now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And thanks again for joining us. There's another clip I want to play. This one's especially bothersome. Like I said, I've got a few clips. And when I start the second hour, I'm contemplating. It's a little longer. I like to keep clips two, three minutes. But just to give you an idea, when people put their careers on the line, uh, it shows a lot of conviction. There's a, a U.S. Army lieutenant colonel, not a specialist, not a private, a, a lieutenant colonel who on, I think, either Friday or Monday really uh, just basically <laughs> ended her career and uh, testified about all the things that she uh, was seeing soldiers losing. I, I think she said in the entire year and a half, 18 or 8. Uh, United States service members died from COVID or with COVID, right? You know how it goes. Um, 
but it, just in the first month of the immunizations of, of getting the jab, more than those were. I mean, they're they're dying at a cataclysmic rate in the military. People are suffering um, career-ending health events. Uh, one of the people who confided in her was a U.S. Army Olympian. So I was in Fort Carson, Colorado. In Fort Carson, that's where all the military Olympians train. High altitude, it's better produces better results. So all the training facilities are in Colorado. She was, a, I believe, a swimmer, suffered a stroke. That was the end. That was the end of her future. So, she, you know, that was the end of her military career, and that was the end of her swimming career. And she came out for 15 minutes and testified. So needless to say, she's done. Uh, her career is over. But something uh, my friend said, hey, I'm watching this football game, and I just saw a commercial of a kid saying he wants a vaccine for Christmas. I had to do a little searching, and sure enough, I found it. And it's pretty sad. It's only 15 seconds, but uh, everybody needs to, to listen to this. Dear Santa, I don't want games. I don't want toys. Just get me the COVID vaccine. This holiday season, there's no better gift than peace of mind. Get vaccinated today. Visit COVID19.nj.gov. Now, apparently that commercial ran during the Philadelphia Eagles football game last night. And it, uh, oh, where did you, sorry about that. There we go. It raised a lot of eyebrows. And um, again, I, I told him, I was like, if you want to come after me, that's fine. But when you start going after the kids and doing this, level of brainwashing uh, brainwashing that's that's disgusting yeah daniel just said the nfl brought to you by pfizer that's exactly what it is that 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 doesn't uh, it it's shocking but it doesn't surprise me what say you john ah right well i'll tell you what i mean for me when i watch these propaganda pieces there's multi layers to it, you know, and it is disgusting. And it's so obvious, you know, I think sometimes, uh, in fact, uh, a good friend of the show, Darcy, uh, showed me some pictures. Uh, she sent me pictures of old propaganda, you know, like the kind where it would be like, you know, smoke these particular cigarettes because 90% of doctors agree they're great yeah. for decongesting your cold and this kind of thing, you know. And there was even an ad which was... um there's all these happy fruits and people and they were dancing together and it said, DDT is good for you. Take some more DDT, something like this, you know. Um, and we look at these things. They're, they're so out of our time that we kind of say that must have been a joke in the same way as we look at the convids and we say, but this has to be a joke. I must be hallucinating this. Who could possibly believe this? So the propaganda, we look at it in the past and we say, yeah, they weren't very sophisticated with the propaganda. I remember about the War of the Worlds, when my parents told me about that, I said, oh, my God, people in the past, to believe that a radio show, thought it was real, that aliens were really landing. They didn't understand the concept of a radio show. People in the past must have been stupid, not like me, because I was probably seven years old or something. I'm clever. You know? <laughs> I'd never fall for anything, you know. Uh, by the way, even back then, that uh, joke was going around the schoolyard of, hey, did you hear they took gullible out of the dictionary? And you'd say, what, really? Why would they do that? How can they take words out of the dictionary? And they go, well, you know, it's not being used anymore, so they have to make room. You know, Mark Dice does this a lot in his Vox Pops. But people fall for that, and maybe I would have fallen for something along those lines. Um, You know, all these tricks, I suppose, are only obvious after you get wise to them, and it does take a little bit of life experience to get wise to it. So I'm not claiming that I'm 
you know, uh, got so I'm not have have this amazing vision to see through their lies, but it's not really that sophisticated. So the first layer there is um, pulling at the heartstrings. There's a little boy, and I'm going to say this. Um, I listened to a fellow on YouTube, and um, he's not that big, but I'll give him a plug in case anyone's listening. His, his um, screen name is called Bianca Fights the Zombies. I think that must be something to do with comics, but to me, he sounds like just like Adam Carolla with that kind of sardonic, laconic type of wit, and his accent is just the same. And he kind of goes through Hollyweird all the time, you know, but oh, look at this. The, they've got woke Spider Man now and this sort of stuff, you know. And uh, he talks about purse puppies. That's his word for these. They pick just the right kind of person. Like, say, we need a, an Asian news reporter, you know, that plays well with this demographic or that kind of thing. Like, they call us racist, but this is the kind of way they select people. They select people based on how they look. And if anyone can see that, that boy, the way he looks, I won't describe him because there's no real nice word to describe him. But he's he's a non-threatening ethnic minority. And um, there's another message being sent there that not only are they harming the children, but, you know, our children will be out of the picture <laughs> entirely and they'll just be harming those ones, you know, um, and as if, right, as if any of my school children, I'll end on this now, George, it, well, I think maybe what disgusts me most is that when I was growing up, there'd be no child saying, mommy, mommy. I don't want anything for Christmas. I just want everyone to be safe and well and protected by Pfizer. Right? We wouldn't even need to say sponsored by Pfizer or protected from the confids. We'd go, Mom, I don't really care about the confids. I want my Super Nintendo or Sega Mega Drive or whatever. Right? right? Yeah, when you're seven, you would care about that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't really care about that, that adult stuff. And if any boy in class would actually say, Dear Santa, all I want for Christmas is that my mommy has um, a big smile on her face and my daddy loves my mommy or something. As you kind of go, oh, come on, pull the other one, you know. <laughs> so um, nobody's fooled by it. And yet these days we look around and there's people and they are uh, applauding this and kind of going, oh, isn't it lovely? And isn't Dr. Fauci basically Santa? He's lovely. Oh, yeah. Bring the a present. So there you are, George, yeah. Yeah, we... We had uh, our daughter's birthday party last night. We went to a local brew pub, and uh, all the talk was, you know, how fast the Omicron is spreading. <laughs> and uh, there was people walking around with their masks, and it's just, man, people have to get away from the propaganda machines. And you have to be cognizant. Uh, you know, I, I try to be very cognizant when my child uh children are watching television because the prop some people say the propaganda is just on tv it's everywhere it's it's on television it's on video games it's on the uh the games that your children are playing on their phones it's in minecraft it's everywhere the people who are chosen to be successful whether it be a zuckerberg or you know the, the guy from uh, tesla uh, just look at the the founder of Netflix, and that's you got to be really careful with Netflix because the the CEO is the is the the great nephew of Edward Bernays, and if that doesn't scream uh, brainwashing, then you're really missing out. You need to read anytime you find a company like that, find out who the CEO is, see where they went to school, see who they're connected with, and uh, Netflix has got some real. Real bad stuff. Obviously, when that that cuties or whatever TV show came out, that that you know, basically, 
you know, saying how great pedophilia is, that was the first flag. And I think people started to do a little researching. And anything that has a connection to Edward Bernays is going to have some brainwashing. So you got to be very cognizant. And uh, kind of switching gears just a little bit. Yesterday was uh, a pretty big day in the news. There was three major cities that announced that there's going to be vaccine passports. Now, the, the mayor of Boston... Her name is Michelle Wu. Her first language is Mandarin Chinese. So that should be a flag that, you know, that's been, uh, that city's got issues. But the, the uplifting thing was that there was a lot of people there yelling and screaming and making it uncomfortable for her. And that's what you have to do. You need to make these uh, tyrants uncomfortable. Uh this was the announcement. I don't think this is the one where they, you could actually hear the people booing, which was really awesome. Let me see. I think this is this one here. And here we go. Our essential workers have been on the front lines of fighting this pandemic for more than 650 days. And it's time for Boston to follow the science and public health data to ease their burden. Mayor Wu is also mandating all city employees get vaccinated by mid-February. She is eliminating the option of weekly testing. So the, the whole weekly testing thing is done. Uh, you couldn't hear it in that clip, but there is a clip I saw. I should have bookmarked it. Uh, the people were downstairs in the front. They had them cordoned off, of course, because they don't want you to see people upset. But a lot of people showed up, and that's what we have to do. Deeds, not words. Anytime there's press conferences that you know have to do with limiting your freedom— People need to show up in mass and for anything to get done, you know, when, when we have these radio shows, it's important that also you, you organize locally and hold your mayors and your governors accountable. You know how hard it is to get anything done on the federal level, but you can hold your mayors and your governors accountable. That's why it's so important to, to build your base at the bottom in, in the neighborhoods and then in the towns and in the cities. Um, there are a lot of like-minded people out there. Now, social media is obviously doing their best to suppress and uh, delete accounts and, and Facebook purges and things of that nature. That's why it's important to show up to your town halls and, and things of that nature. Electronic media is awesome. I'm able to have a radio show with a gentleman from Ireland every Wednesday. Technology is great, but at the same time, you got to put boots to ground. You need to, to let your voice be heard. Say, no, it's not okay. If we don't have you know, physical autonomy, we have nothing. And there's a clip. You know, I said I had a lot of audio. This one, it's, it's two minutes long, but you need to pay attention to the very end of the video and, and what he says. Uh, let me switch this over here. And this is old uh, Warren Wilhelm Jr., a.k.a. Uh, Bill de Blasio. And again, you, you want to listen to the very end of what he says. Just a cliff notes here. New York City, they are ramping up vaccination teams. You can go online, register. They will come to your house. They will vaccinate you and your entire family and wait for it. You can score 100 bucks. I mean, that's a great deal. Any city resident who wants at-home vaccination, it can be scheduled. A vaccination team comes to you. By the way, they can provide vaccination for the whole family. Many people have wanted, whether people need a first dose, a second dose, or a booster, or if different people in the family are at different points uh, in their vaccine trajectory, 
The, the teams that come to your home have the ability to provide whatever help you need. And the $100 incentive is available for every family member. That's a hundred bucks. Now, now that's, that's got me thinking, John, a hundred bucks. That's, that's a nice dinner with my wife out. I mean, come on. Yeah. I'm, I'm hearing that, you know, the auctioneer voice where he goes, ee bitty ee bitty So he, he's gone up from a hamburger and some fries. Cause I believe that guy was the, the fellow who actually put a hamburger and fries on his desk, or maybe it was a pizza, but I think it was fries. Cause he was saying, mm, mm, oh, yeah, look what else you can get. All oh, these fries. Oh, these are amazing. Well, I'm definitely getting vaxxed. Now, if you were talking to sort of developmentally challenged uh, toddlers, juveniles, they might fall for that trick. But I think even, you know, ordinary sort of preschoolers, they understand the story of Hansel and Gretel. And when somebody's saying, oh, children, don't you want these fa- this fast food? Would you like these sugary treats? All you have to do to get these sugary treats is just do this thing that I'm saying that you want to do. But, you know, don't worry about that. That guy, that mayor was actually doing this to his citizens. And, I mean, he's still the mayor. And even he couldn't keep a straight face. It was just preposterous. And again, it was one of those moments where I was like, this cannot be reality. So many people say that every day, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I wake up every no, morning and say this, that. Yeah, this reality can't be can't be real. In, in what universe could any of this be credible, in, in any way plausible? Um, but I, I just want to note there the verbiage again like because clearly like i mean they give people talking points just like it, it came out that like influences on twitter when you see them all saying exactly the same thing verbatim re- repeating basically what are the modern equivalent of press releases or tweets it's hundreds and hundreds of different people saying exactly the same thing now there might be some bot accounts for sure but these are personalities with vers- uh, verified accounts and they're saying exactly the same thing things like what there's a new variant i'm glad i just got my a booster shot today i'm well protected these these kind of stuff like you know so everyone else kind of goes oh right well if that um minor celebrity over there is saying that then i guess that's how i feel you know people are so easily led and um you know i don't want to use the word stupid and overuse it um and because it's ill-defined and it's insulting you know just like if you call somebody ignorant but people i mean i'll say this george you uh in the last week did a piece on um bill cooper yes and he was talking to aj and they talked about this back then so we know nothing's changed but they were talking about the, the you know the tv or, <laughs> or the the television being the uh, the box that rots your mind yeah. and uh, the idiot box and watching sally jesse Raphael, or what was the other one uh what was the guy that smoked and uh, always uh that was 80s no i'm thinking of the other guy that always started fights that show. Jerry Springer. Yes, thank it? you. Yes. Yeah. And Phil Donahue. Was it? No, no. He was actually all right. He wasn't too yeah, bad. Phil wasn't but there was bad. Another, there was another guy who there was, was always... Maury Povich. <laughs> yeah. Maury Povich was always saying, and then, you know, some trailer trash people like, oh, or yeah. whatever, like, he is not the father of one of your twins, but the other, and this kind of <laughs> stuff. You know? Woo-ah, woo-ah. And um, as somebody said there, done it for 25 years, both of them anyway, um, what these people, what what Bill Cooper and AJ at the time were talking about was, was that people are not engaged. Uh, they're feeding their minds a steady diet of junk food for the mind. It's rotting their minds. Their minds are atrophying. And um, you, uh, I'll, just, I'll quote you again. Give me, <laughs> take a little bit of extra time to, to say your own words back to you. Um, 
you asked what was the point of some of these false flags, and it ties. It was in the same show, you know, of the uh, the Sandy Hook. I think we could say that that word, right? Oh, but yeah, 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 yeah. Places yeah, you can't say it here, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what's the point of it, right? Because things are multi multi uh, faceted. Yeah, obviously, it's part of the taking people's guns away agenda, disarming people. Uh, so that it won't matter what principles they have, they won't be able to back them up by force. And their rule is there's only one thing that matters in the world. Um, might is right. That's what they consider the whole thing to be. Um, so they won't care for how we feel about anything if we can't defend. Uh, but then th- there's a little bit more to that. There was sort of like um, a slight bit more subtlety to that in that one false flag lays up the next one. So you were saying, right, well, it sets the groundwork then for any of the others like the Boston bombing, which by the way, um, yeah, uh, is, is bizarre. It's so many, but let's not get into what you said. And then the third thing is, um, you said there's a grander thing, even an even bigger lie. That's so big that we don't see it, which is basically it gets people to tacitly accept p- things or just move on and, and just accept that things don't make sense. And that they're, they're actually telling people we will take you to court if you don't just do what we tell you to do. And then people say, okay, take me to court, show me discovery. And they go, no, actually just, we're not taking you to court. Just don't do it or we'll make your life hell. We'll threaten you in lots of different ways, physically, financially, everything. And then they back down and people hear about these things and they just keep on going to work and they say, I'd better not think about that anymore. Do you know what would be better for me to do is if I would just accept lies and just make the line between truth and lies very blurry. So what you said there was, it basically gets people to get used to the practice and notion of not really making any distinction between fantasy and reality. Yeah. Going back to Daniel's show, LARPing, right? LARPing becomes, you do it long enough, it becomes reality, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, this, uh, you know, live action role playing, it's a bit like uh, Walter Mitty. People, sort of adopt a personality in their heads and you can think they're con men but it's real in their minds <laughs> that's a very that that phrase encompasses a lot of things and explains a lot of things it was real in my mind um so this larping it's because people are so desperate for an identity mm-hmm. most people never discover who they are they're terrified of making the inward journey in case they would find anything they don't like so they just lock all the unpleasant thoughts into rooms and dark corridors and they never go down them. And they just say, let me look on the screen to see some actor playing a role and let me try and emulate those characteristics. And that is the intention of these, you know, you mentioned Edward Bernays and um, a Sigmund Freud, you know, yep. these people, they studied uh, human psychology, not so that they could make our lives better. They always claim, oh, we're only studying viruses so that we can know how to defeat them. No, 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 no. Uh, they used gain of function on people's cognitive functions, their psychological makeup. You know, in computer terms, you would sort of use something like social engineering. You know, Kevin Mitnick and people like that did, didn't really do computer hacking. They did mental hacking. And the FBI were right on his door because they don't like people getting in on their game that's you right know? we're hoodwinking the people not you <laughs> you that's know right. so yeah um they're they're they just put so much of it out there their craft their spellcraft um and their 
there's sort of subtle propaganda that gets in if you don't keep alert. If you get into their sort of alpha brainwave state, you'll start just accepting anything. You've no critical filter and you'll start believing all this nonsense. And um, people think that's harmless, but it's not, as we find out, because it leads us into Vax passports and the not only just the technocracy and the cyberpunk dystopia, but to kind of take the technological aspect out of that and put it in more human terms, the the sort of flame of freedom will be extinguished in people's minds and there'll be no spark to generate it again. The controllers will make sure of that. So nobody will think they're a slave. They won't even understand what the concept of freedom is, so they'll never, ever want to break out of it. So it does feel like we're in the last chance saloon here, you know? Yeah, or, absolutely. And there's a lot of people who are afraid of genuine freedom. They have to depend on everything for themselves. So there's a lot of people, you know, they depend on the supermarkets. They depend on Amazon, you know, to, to be truly free. Would they be able to handle it? You know, not to completely jump ships yesterday, but when I was doing some research for, for an upcoming show about the globalist, how this whole one world agenda is what, you know, their end game is, obviously, right? That's to control uh, a one world currency, one world religion, so on and so forth. If you go back, we talked many times about September 11th and how important that date is. September 11th, 1990, when uh, George H.W. Bush said, uh, you know, he was the first time to really a new world order. Then, of course, 11 years to the day later uh, was 9-11. But if you go back to September 11th, 1954, so you're talking 37 years prior to the famous George H.W. Bush speech, the very first WHO director, his name was Brock Chisholm, and he said, quote, to achieve world government, it is necessary to remove from the minds of men their individualism, loyalty to family tradition, national patriotism, and religious dogmas. There's that religious dogma again. And that was from George Brock Chisholm, September 11th, 1954. He addressed in front of the World Health Organization. So there's that September 11th date again. Wow. And who's well, behind the COVID scam? The WHO has a very large part in it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose you've just reminded me, and I think it's 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 appropriate enough just to mention that on September 11th, 11th 1941, um, the great aviator, uh, Charles Lindbergh, gave an address imploring people, said, look, please don't allow the British government, the Anglos, don't allow our own government and he mentioned a group who <laughs> I won't I won't say, but the you know who's right. I mean, I know you can say, you can mention no, I got you. the unmentionables on this radio station, but anybody listening knows. And even then, he was well. It was reported in all the newspapers that he received. Um, he was roundly criticised for his paranoid delusions that these three groups, but especially that one that I haven't mentioned, could possibly be trying to uh, inveigle. Once again, the American people into a war uh, that uh, is only going to profit bankers and um, is not going to benefit anybody. Absolutely. So, yeah. And then a few years prior to that, uh, the famous James Warburg uh, was a statement by the Council on Foreign Relations, our friends at the CFR, said, we shall have world government, whether you like it or not, by conquest or consent. So to think that this whole, you know, new world order, you know, has just come about in the last 20 to 30 years, this goes way back. Um, 
way back. The, the globalist war against humanity, it didn't start with 9-11. But that's when they accelerated it. That was the, you know, releasing the hounds, for uh, a lack of the, the better words. You mass murder your own citizens, then invasions, genocides, and now you're seeing a level of uh, mind control that's never been ever attempted before, I don't think. Am I wrong? What, what's going on with this COVID thing? Yeah, um, it is mind control. Um, it, I, I didn't, I didn't think it could be possible, but you know, I gradually got to understand that we were in big trouble uh, and imminent trouble. Um, I mean, for a long, long time, much more than a decade, when the numbers didn't add up, when companies didn't seem to be operating as though they had limited purse strings, and I began to figure out that I know they love return on investment, but like say, you know, like let's say Hollywood will we'll put out pure propaganda pieces that don't make any profit. Even with Hollywood accounting, where they'll, you know, pass that off on another movie and all this sort of stuff, you know, in every industry I looked at, it didn't look like they had any concern. It would, money was growing on trees for them. And I, I can't prove this, but I think that basically the Fed says, what do you imaginary notionally want? <laughs> you have it, pal. You know, yep. just just filter it through your employees. And so really they don't have to worry about, you know, any expenditure they make. Now, in addition to that, um, uh, I'll mention it again only because it's pertinent. I was teaching adults, anybody from say, well, it could have been early 20s and then sometimes even into their 50s how to do their jobs and these people were supposed to be fully educated you know at least like high school certificates for sure and qualifications in whatever their particular field of not necessarily expertise was but you know professional um area of competence was and a lot of these people couldn't really think about anything had never really thought about anything some of them actually and i didn't want to embarrass them but couldn't actually compose an email on their own couldn't really write didn't really know how to spell relied on google to find out how anything was spelled and spell check and all this sort of stuff you know and couldn't kind of keep coherent thoughts in their head couldn't supposing if you know there was a circuit with a battery and a light bulb and it wasn't going the light bulb wasn't lighting when the switch was flipped they didn't know where to begin with assessing the situation trying to figure out how they could might even start splitting up the problem into smaller parts like is the battery good is the bulb blown is the wiring okay is the switch faulty none of these things occurred to them independently unless there was a procedure that would tell them the steps to follow and um this was everybody you know now in on top of that now some people i was able to reignite a flame perhaps that was latent there they got interested in how things worked and why things were the way they were. Can I say this to you? Um, I used to use an analogy. I didn't want to, you know, hold up the class too much by, you know, waiting for feedback for everything. Sometimes people don't give you much feedback and you have to sort of learn just to move on and not wait for everyone to kind of go, oh, wow, that's such a revelation. Wow, you've really changed my thinking. That's I've, I've become enlightened. I appreciated that. And here's why. And this kind of thing. Sometimes you're not, you're, a lot of times you're not going to get that. Maybe later somebody might tell you that and you might have been just misreading their blank faces. <laughs> Maybe sometimes they're just thinking about when is break time and when are they going to get a coffee and a cigarette or something? I don't know. But I'll tell you this analogy. It'll take me about maybe two, three minutes to tell you. Um, and it, what used to disappoint me was it never went far. And I said to another 
man who I met who was an excellent teacher. And I asked him, did he meet many students? I say students, but, you know, people who were learning from him. Did he meet many who basically seemed to have the spark or a flame or a, a light behind their eyes? Or were most of the people he tried to teach, were most of them not really at the races, like not all there? Like, and yet they were the bulk of our society. And he didn't know what I meant. And I kind of thought, all right, maybe it's just me. But it wasn't me. Right? I think maybe just being too too kind, you know. Um, anyway, I used to use this analogy and it fell flat and it worried me. And it's very appropriate now for the times we're in. I would say to them, OK, you want a procedure for everything. Do you know when say, supposing you go to the doctor and he says, OK, I'll write you a prescription. Take these tablets, take three a day, one after meals. And uh, you read the instructions and it says something along those lines, you know, and then I always want to know, OK, I presume you're trying to space out the dosage. But why is it after meals? Is it because you need something in your stomach already? Because it w would it tear through the stomach lining if it was empty? Or does food in there slow the digestion so that it's longer in your stomach? Or, or what's really going on here? Just like with everything, like I think people would, would, have, would have mechanical sympathy with a car, with a manual transmission, if they would understand how a clutch works. Things like this, you know. So in order to use a machine or anything, you need to understand how it works in order to use it better. Um, so I would say to people, wouldn't you rather understand, supposing if you forgot at breakfast to take the pill uh, that you were told, you'd like to know before having to call the doctor, do I just forget about it, just move on, continue the regimen by taking one pill at lunchtime and carry on? Or do I take two at lunchtime? Or what do I do? And also, what if I have breakfast at 11 if I get up late and then I have lunch at 12? You know, are we supposed to space them out? What if, what if like, would it be ideal, like, what happens when I'm sleeping? Would it really be ideal if I woke up in the morning ate, or you know, during the night and ate something? Now, everyone would just stare at me. Nobody, I was expecting people to kind of go, oh, yeah, I, I would like to know. And that way I could figure out what is trying, what's the objective here? What are we trying to achieve? I'd like to be involved in the process, not just be a dumb. Got a little bit of latency here. I apologize for the radio listeners. I hope I'm not having a mass reset here. Let me see. My radio's still going. Folks in the chat room, am I still going? I know there's probably a 15 second. Okay, we're back. Sorry, I think I had a latency problem. Everything kind of rebooted, but we're good. We're back. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, okay. I did wonder because uh, you were frozen on my screen and I'd noticed it earlier, but I wondered if it was at, at your end. I'll just repeat a little bit of what I said there. Um, I would ask people, or I never got much feedback from people. And um, I said to them, basically the parable, I hate, it's it's kind of removes the point of it if you have to, have to explain uh, what the analogy is. Yeah. But I would say to people, wouldn't you rather be involved in in the decision-making process instead of having to go back and ask the doctor what should i do or panic and call the the, the uh, pharmacy and and uh, maybe it's too late anyway then to take another pill in time and um so i would say to people like okay that's what happens when you're not involved in the decision making process if you understand what the objective is if you understand uh what the function of everything you're doing is trying to achieve then you can course correct if you if you notice that that uh, you know you're steering off course and you understand all the variables that go into uh, affecting how you get there you know as efficiently as possible let's say you know so 
nobody seemed to kind of have moments of realization to that. And I thought, oh, maybe it's a bad analogy or something like that. I thought it was a good one, but nobody ever seemed very impressed with it. Maybe they were silently impressed, I don't know. Or maybe they just never thought about it, don't like thinking about it. Most people just want to be told what to do. It's yeah. terrible. And we think we're clever as a society. But yeah. as we found out now to our horror, we're not, George. No, not whatsoever. Uh, right now we're at 1048. We're about uh, seven or eight minutes. Well, a little less than 10 minutes away from the break. You're listening to the Fact Hunter Experience on revolution.radiofreedomslips.com. Uh, I actually played the one clip out of order. It wasn't the one, and I wanted to share that before we got to hour two. This is, again, this is Bill de Blasio, uh, but you need to pay attention to what he says at the end. Uh, this is a minute 52. Listen. One more. Let's see what it is. Uh, the virus one, it's over. The virus one no longer makes sense to think we'll beat the virus with more transmissible but less lethal strains. It's endemic. We should start to treat it like the flu or we could continue to freak out with every news release. Buy into any of that? I agree. Don't freak out. Right. I agree. One day it can and should be like the flu and the flu. You know, the flu takes some lives, too. The flu is not nothing, but the flu can be controlled. We all get our flu shots and life goes on. I do believe that's ultimately what's going to happen with COVID. That's what our doctors say, our leadership here. But I'll tell you something. I would disagree on one level. Focus on the way to get to that point. Endemic does not need to mean paralyzing. Endemic does not need to mean it dominates our lives. Right now, COVID's dominating our lives. I want to put COVID in the background. The flu, you didn't, you didn't wake up two years ago and say, oh, my God, I'm so worried about the flu, right? Right. You went down to the pharmacy, you got a flu shot. People want to lead their lives. I and mean, the hard thing, again. you know, I feel it here in New York City. Yeah. By the way, I'm from Philadelphia, so it's not like I, 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 I live in a rural area. Um, but I feel it in every block that I walk in New York City. But if I were in the middle part of the country with you, I don't think we'd see masks. I don't think we'd be showing our Vax cards anywhere. So I come back to that point where unless everybody's on the same page in the country, we're kind of screwed. And you know how you get on the same page, people have to lead. So look, I believe with enough leadership, enough mandates, we're gonna get a hell of a lot more people vaccinated. The more people vaccinated, the more we actually make the transition to a time when COVID is in the background, not the foreground. And we know these mandates work and we know people respond. Look, human beings are pretty predictable. If you say your paycheck depends on it or your ability to enjoy life and go do the things you want to do, people will make the practical decision overwhelmingly and they'll go get vaccinated. But we aren't pushing hard enough. We got to go farther. That last 10 seconds should really wake people up. They want to make you uncomfortable. They're going to do Every he just told you they're going to do everything within their power to put that poison in your body. Yes, George, um, it's amazing where he is able to slip it in so casually. Where they ramp up a little bit of panic, they go, "What are we going to do? What are we going to do?" It's saying it's endemic, and he goes, "Look, don't panic, don't panic. We have the solution with enough mandates. We'll get there, there in the end." And everyone goes, "Oh, phew! Thank God. Okay, we just need more <laughs> mandates. Then all right, you know." Um, can I? dismantle a bit more that there are not exactly dismantle but uh, dissect it so that we we are very clear about what we're talking about here and related to um another man just like bill cooper if you go back to the 80s or maybe early 90s and, and listen to what he said yuri bezmanov everything oh yeah has come true word by word yes uh, now i just rewatched um 
one of his movies where or not movies uh, dissertations or lectures to to a, a crowd of people uh, and he was explaining what exactly is ideological subversion or active measures he, he says what it is in russian as well and um, he says it's the process where you fight a war that is much more sophisticated he said like you know you don't need to fight a mechanical or a face-to-face war when you can just uh, basically turn people's minds to mush and you do this with ideological subversion you demoralize a society you destabilize it and uh, you know your man there talked about transition that's kind of like a code word for you know we, we we basically go into our our new brave new world that's the revolution but just prior to that is what that stage is when they say we might as well accept it it's no longer a pandemic it's an endemic in other words it is with us it is in us it is here to stay here to stay means get used to it, it we're here we're virulent <laughs> and we're not going away right it means we're, we're, we are with each other not just for 200 years together but forever and ever and so it's normal right it's not abnormal it's totally normal you just have to get used to it like all the other um affronts uh to sanity that you know we forced you to get used to by just being in your faces constantly and wouldn't go away with it right so this is the normalization stage of ideological subversion where they say it is endemic that's exactly um sort of there are different words for exactly the same process of the the procedure that they are following you know or it's a little function within the grand procedure if you think of it you know a, a plan going on over many decades so um yeah we need to be very careful about it be very clear in our minds exactly what they're trying to do and the audacity of what they're trying to do and the the horror of how easily they seem to be getting away with it but that's me being doom and gloom. Like you say, people are waking up. Even some of these poor fools who said, "Oh, yeah, I'll take one of those." That, that's they've taken one, maybe, and maybe, maybe some have taken two. Maybe some people will wake up even after a booster, right? <laughs> As though it's a different thing. No, just take more of our juice, more of it. Buy more of this, um, you know, miracle. Uh, what do they call it? Magical elixir that they would sell in the olden days. Again, people were selling the olden days, not now. Over to you, George. Right. Yeah. And and I think the most amazing thing is I've seen uh, over the last week, I'm sure even longer, every single day, be it athletes, um, TV hosts, um, I I tested positive for for COVID. Thank God I got my vaccine. (laughs) Meanwhile, everybody who has not touched that stuff is doing okay. And, And I will say, I think I might have said it on my show the other day. But here at our local hospital, uh, on Monday, there were 75, I'm doing air quotes for people listening on radio, COVID patients. All 75, 75 out of 75 were vaccinated. There were zero unvaccinated COVID cases at our local hospital. Yet these, these people get up and say, you know, it's the winter of darkness. We're going to die and it's our fault. And they, this is the level of mockery they're at now. It's, it's in our face. You know, the first two didn't work, so we're going to give you another one. And by the way, there is breaking news this morning. Um, we got about a minute left. Let me find it. That the Army, this should comfort everybody. The United States Army has the new magical elixir that is, uh, where is it? 
poor producing, George. But uh, basically, I'll find it during the break. They've come up uh, with something that is supposed to work for the old stuff and the new stuff. Oh, here it is. United States Army has created a single spike ferritin nanoparticle vaccine against all existing COVID and SARS variants, researchers say. The vaccine is a soccer ball-shaped protein with 24 faces to attach the spikes, and human trials are already underway. The Walter Reed Army Institute of Research has developed a pan-coronavirus vaccine in the last two years. So now it looks like the Army is going to sweep in and save us. I feel much better now. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, It's, you know... I think it reminds me of what Christopher Hitchens said about a benevolent God who's constantly interfering. You know, he would say, at least tyrants, they sleep sometimes. But these people who want to help everybody, I mean, they just never gave any of us a break, do they? They never stop. Never. It's unbelievable. Uh, We're about 30 seconds away from break. Uh, Mrs. Fact Hunter is heading up to Harrisburg for her uh, four nights of work. And uh, I'm going to see her off carry the suitcase out to the car, say goodbye, and then uh, we'll be back. I think at the at the top of the hour, I, I'm, I'm thinking about playing that clip. It, like I said, it's a little longer, but I think it's very important. When you see the conviction of people who are putting their careers on the line, and some of the things she said is very important, and then we'll opine on that in hour number two. Don't forget, this is revolution.radioandfreedomslips.com, 100% listener-supported radio. Please support the fight. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. You're listening to The Fact Under Experience. Radio at freedomslips.com. We'll be right back after this message. He's coming. January 3rd, 6 p.m. Revolution Radio. Welcome to the crypt. Ha no secret that the so-called mainstream media is best described as controlled propaganda. Countless news stories are either totally ignored or spun with half-truths, and because of this, essential facts and vital information are often compromised. Join Dr. Ott every Friday night on Studio B at 10 p.m. Eastern and learn why the story behind the story was nominated for a Peabody Award in its second year of producing unparalleled broadcasting excellence in 1997. That is, if you really care about learning the truth. junkie? I won't say a goddamn word. Why? 
They won't understand. They won't understand why we do it. They won't understand it's about the men next to you. And that's it. That's all it is. Revolution Radio. Freedomslips.com. Number one listener-supported radio. The printing press for freedom at a time when freedom is needed the most. freedomslips.com would like to thank you our amazing listeners from the bottoms of our hearts and beyond for being you it is your kindness your love your generosity and your constant support that has enabled us to become the powerful number one listener supported commercial free station that we are today providing you with a veritable variety of live programming hosted by beautiful people from all around the world on a nearly 24-hour basis every day of the year. It is your kindness, your love, your generosity and your support that has helped to develop an international family, a strong, supportive community of like-minded souls forged by friendship and love, bonded by a strong desire to bring about the positive changes so badly needed today. Together, we are navigating challenging moments in time which will become footnotes to the future. Yet through these uncertain times, you have remained steadfast in your support. Support that we will never take for granted. Support that will enable us to continue building this station into a stronger bastion of free speech, blazing the light of truth out into the world. From all of us here, management, producers, moderators and hosts, we wish you all the warmest, happiest wishes for a safe holiday season, now and always. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. And welcome back to Hour 2 of the Fact Hunter Experience on Revolution.Radio, FreedomSlips.com. The Fact Hunter Experience. um, Shout out to everybody in the chat room. Uh, As always, Pat, uh, Per, Kiran, Blessing, Dry Fly Guy, Wather Mauser, uh, and everybody else, Captain Fred, thank you for joining us uh, this morning. I hope everybody, again, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Please support Revolution Radio by... uh, 
become a patron, a one-time donation, or scroll to the bottom of the website and send check or money order. Uh, so our Christmas Day is going to be Sunday. Uh, Mrs. Fact Hunter won't be back until Sunday, and then my daughter is actually working that morning, so we're going to do it about 5.30 p.m. on the 26th. That's our Christmas. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Uh, eat some good food this weekend and, and, and enjoy the world. Put Fauci and Gates and Biden, all these monsters, put them out of your mind for a day. Uh, a story I wanted to share with you before we get to this clip. So my wife had already, you know, she had realized she's a nurse. She's a registered nurse. And she knew the, the place she worked, ma- vaccine mandate. And she knew the end was coming near. So she found another job in the medical industry, but it's under 100 employees. They weren't demanding her to get the jab or anything like that. But on her way out the door, yeah, Boxing Day, Pat. That's right. We're celebrating Boxing Day, <laughs> December 26th. Uh, Shout out to Stephen Briggs, our Canadian friend. Um, but she, you know, she said, I'm going to put in a religious exemption just to see what they say. I know they're not going to grant it. She knew ahead of time. Uh, like I said, she had already had the other job, accepted a position up in Harrisburg. It's a 13-week contract. She goes up, stays in a hotel for four nights, and then comes home, and then she's home for three. So she put it in. And she was very heartfelt about it. She's not a super religious person, but she's a very spiritual person, um, believes in a creator, and uh, that your body's a temple and should be treated as such. Um, And she's not a fan of putting, you know, especially what's going on right now in her body. And she was very passionate about it. But she also was wanted to make a point to her fellow employees because there's some other people who aren't in such great positions. You know, they're single moms. And they're in very tough decisions. So she wanted to try to fight it the best she could. So she did. She put in her religious exemption. Never heard anything back. She's been at her new job for a month now. She got an email. Her work email is still functioning. And it said, you know, yeah, we considered it, you know, and uh, we appreciate your, your faith and your God. But, you know, our God, Bill Gates, says that's not really convenient for us. And that's going to hurt our numbers. You see, we can't say that. Our staff is 100% vaccinated if you're still here. So we really can't. Of course, I'm giving you the the, the Cliff Notes version. I'm not, it's not exactly what it said, but you, you, you get my point. And she expected that. The point being is she replied to that email with, okay, that's fine, but I would like to know who is the, who denied it? Who, and if it's a board, if there's, you know, people sitting around a table and they're reading the letters and all in photo of supporting this religious exemption, say, I, nay, you know, or is it one guy? Because the fact of the matter is everyone she talks to, every single one of them got denied. So is there even one? But she also said, I would also, whoever is the person or people denying these, I would like to know their religious backgrounds. Right? Do you have atheists uh, declining the the religious exempt, exemptions for you know whatever religion? Do you have Catholics denying Protestants? Do, do you get what I'm getting at? So she's trying again. When she put this in, she knew she was already out the door anyway. She wasn't going to stick around, but she wanted to prove a point and she wanted to put people's feet to the fire. And uh, like you said in in your uh, message to me, John, we need to. Ensure when we do these type of things, ensure we include esoteric language in the communique so they know that we know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Do you have any comments on that before I kick this uh, audio off, John? Well, when you said you had to carry 
well, to see your wife off in the a few brief moments that you had uh, at the break there. Um, well, you impressed me very much, George, you know, to carry the suitcase out for your wife and say goodbye to her and then keep doing this, you know. Um, so uh, just you're very admirable, you know, yourself and your wife and how you are essentially doing your best to stay in honour, uh, even though all of these enablers around us and these tyrants, they are insistent on leaving no corner of this earth where we can just peacefully exist and be left alone, you know. Um, so, uh, look, w without getting into your personal details or how exactly we should craft a letter in legalese without making the error of overstepping our bounds and using words that we think we sa that sound impressive or frightening, right. but we don't understand the meaning of, you know. Um, but uh, this it is a game, as I sort of mentioned to you anyway, it's, it's a, a tennis game, you know. And uh, they think they're good at it, but uh, those people you're talking to in HR, they're not very clever. They're following procedures as well, but they think they're clever. But main point I want to say is that I very much admire what you're doing and anybody who would make sacrifices at all, right? Because there's the idea of, you know, maybe I'll say this. For what I've discovered, I always suspected it, that it doesn't matter what faith people belong to. Like I've seen Muslims who claim they're devout Muslims, but they'll drink a beer and have a, a pork uh, Wiener schnitzel if uh, they think nobody's looking or if they're, you know, on some kind of, in a European hotel, they go, oh, it doesn't count here. It's a bit like, you know, Christian saying like, oh, I swore on my life, but I had my fingers crossed, that kind of thing behind my back, all this sort of stuff. And people of another religion would say, ah, ha, yes, but nobody saw me steal the thing. And um, God actually would think I was clever to get away with it. So it's not really a sin, all this sort of stuff. Um, when all the churches closed and they put convid restrictions on it and all this sort of stuff, uh, all the faithful just went, oh, okay then. Who who do we follow now? Oh, it's it's uh, international government uh, edicts, is it? Oh, okay. From faceless people we don't know, but are being relayed by our own politicians. Oh, okay. People just believe whatever is fashionable to believe. It infuriates me. Um, none of them really believe in anything. But people who believe in something, at the very least, they're prepared to suffer some discomfort from it, you know, yeah. uh, some minor inconvenience. None of these people uh, will, will suffer the most minor of inconvenience, or even the threat of a minor inconvenience. They just go, oh, but I could lose my job eventually if I kind of, you know, whimper about this. Um, I just wax on just one more moment and say that um, it reminds me of, again, something Yuri said when he was explaining to people in this sort of mini lecture that he was giving people. He said, um, there was some Christians who died in honor um, in the pogroms, you know, and he said that they were happy to die because even if they, you know, he said like, okay, maybe if you allow me just to say this, right, a few more minutes to, to basically almost quote and paraphrase him. He said, two plus two is four. That's truth, he said, but you don't see anybody dying for that. Now, that's been represented in 1984 you know, where he was told, no, no, two plus two, two, plus two is five. And eventually went, what, whatever. Uh, I, I don't even know maths. Who, who knows really? Whatever. Is that what I'm supposed to believe? Right. And in Captain Picard's Star Trek thing, more or less the same thing. Do I see five lights or only four? It's basically, will you allow somebody else to subjugate your own free will? Because that's the light of God within us. If we just give it up, we're denying God, you see. Now, Anybody, it doesn't matter whether you believe in God or not, anybody can understand the symbolism there. It really doesn't matter to me whether you believe, whether you'll just say two plus two equals four is my guiding principle. All right, but it would be nice if you'd pick something a bit better. Um, but pick something that you believe in 
and that you will at least suffer an inconvenience for it. But no, really, you have to be prepared to die for it. Otherwise, you don't believe in it. Now, so far, <laughs> what you're doing is you're saying, here's proof of my commitment to what I'm saying. You know, your wife will travel uh, so that she has to work shift work and stay in a hotel and incur all these expenses and travel. And the emotional distress of being separated um it's already splitting up your families but you're finding a way to make it work and it's making you stronger um you're working together you know you're working against outside forces together and maybe these outside forces will you know show you the strength of the bond that you have um and how considerate you are for each other you know it is to me it's it's not heartbreaking exactly but very touching to know that you're sort of saying oh, i have to quickly run out and see mrs fact hunter off you know yeah yeah so that's what yuri was saying uh you know that the difference between somebody who has free will knows what it is and he will never have given up his freedom and he will die free and you never basically you never let them i won't say but the b words you never let them uh take what you have they can never have it because you see they're never satisfied if they own own the whole world they want what's in your mind in your soul in your heart and don't give it to them if you're prepared to die without having basically bent the knee bowed the head to them then we win you know i didn't mean to sound like trudeau there accidentally <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but there is something to, to that you stay in honor you stay noble that's what a noble spirit is you know and uh, I appreciate seeing that in anybody, in anybody, just even in the in the in the inconveniences, in the you know saying I'm going to plow on, even though the road gets harder. That's what you're doing now, and they're going to make it harder for us. So, you know, we can't promise that the road is going to get any easier, but we have to now start sort of saying to ourselves, what do we believe in? Okay, <laughs> there you are, George. Yeah, absolutely. You have to stand for something, and it's going to take. It, it's absolutely going to take people, and I've been saying this for a long time, to do things outside of their comfort zone. Uh, I have friends out there that, you know, they've already conceded that, well, when it comes down, I'm going to have to get the jab because of my job. And I say, are you telling me there's nothing else you can do? Or is it just that you don't want the discuss? you don't want your, you know, you get in a rhythm, you don't want to be disrupted. You, you have to believe in something, exactly like you said. I'm not even going to try to add on uh, you said it so well. Uh, I want to back off. I'm going to kick the feet up. I, I really want to share this audio with everybody, and uh, we'll, we'll still have about 25 minutes to uh, obliviate on it when we come back. Again, this is an Army Lieutenant Colonel whistleblower. Uh, it, it's great testimony. Here we go. Teresa Long, and I'm an Army Aerospace Medicine Specialist. Senator Johnson has invited me here to make a statement to him regarding my opinion about the life-threatening adverse side effects of COVID-19 vaccine. My opinion is formed from my medical education, training, and my firsthand experience treating soldiers injured by the vaccine. My views are my own opinions and do not reflect that of the United States Army, the DOD, or any entity thereof. This statement is made as a protected communication under the Military Whistleblower Protection Act, Title 10 U.S.C. 1034. I would like to also disclose that I have no financial interests. I believe the COVID vaccine is a greater threat to soldiers' health 
and military readiness than the virus itself. Over 200,000 service members have rejected the vaccine, yet the military is pressing forward without regard to the damage to the morale and readiness to process these soldiers out. We have never lost 200,000 soldiers on the battlefield in a few months. Taking soldiers out of uniform has the same impact on readiness as losing them on the battlefield. I enlisted in the Army and completed basic training by the age of 17. I am now a board-certified aerospace medicine specialist with a master's in public health. I have spent the last 30 years serving this great country. I have gone from an almost homeless teenager on welfare to a lieutenant colonel physician in the United States Army. I have truly lived the American dream. Everything I have and everything I am, I owe to Christ alone. I recently had a colleague on social media point out that my career in medicine was not the typical path. She was right. You see, in my first year as an Army physician, I suffered catastrophic complications after the birth of my daughter at the hands of fellow physicians. The impact on my family and my life has been enduring, painful, and life-changing. My plans for my family and my career abruptly pivoted. It was during this time I tried to ensure something good would come out of something very painful. I did what we do in the military. I did an after-action review on what went wrong with my care that resulted in such disastrous outcomes. I attempted to engage all involved and start a dialogue for change. You see, you will not change something if you will not acknowledge it's broken. Yes, it wasn't the traditional path. It isn't the path I planned, but it was the path laid out for such a time as this. In 2018, I had the privilege of attending the Aviation Safety Officer course and mishap investigation training. The course director asked me on the first day, why would a doctor waste time in this course? What are you hoping to get out of this? I responded, sir, we crash three Boeing 747s packed full of patients every day in medicine from medical errors, and I'm here to bring aviation safety to, to military medicine. Yes, across this country, 444,000 patients die every year from medical errors. Last May, I attended the Senior Preventative Medicine Leadership course for the Army. When we're given an opportunity to ask the senior leaders questions, I simply asked. So we skipped two years of phase two trials and three years of phase three trials. We only lost 12 active duty soldiers to COVID. Yet we're going to risk the health of the entire fighting force on a vaccine we only had two months of safety data on? The response was, you're damn right, Colonel, and you're going to get every soldier you can to take the vaccine so I can get enough data points to determine if the vaccine is safe. Our service members are national treasures. They have stared down bullets, been blown up by IEDs and bombs. They have endured thankless and protracted wars, missing the birth of their children. They bore the burden no matter the cost. 
They did so without respect to political party or narrative. These are warriors, not lab rats. They deserve the best medical care. At the onset of the vaccine rollout, I had a colleague who took the vaccine to protect her elderly parents. She's a brilliant officer and a doctor. She's deployed twice. After the vaccine, she had fever, significant pain, lost all range of motion in her arm for over a week. That was the first time I looked in the vaccine adverse event reporting system to see if her symptoms were common. What I found horrified me. I found the bears in only a few months into the vaccination campaign already had more deaths um, than in any year for all vaccines combined in each of the 10 years previously. I subsequently went to Fort Benning, where I encountered numerous soldiers who told me of threats, coercion, and intimidation to get the vaccine that were at that time still under EUA. This violated medical ethics, specifically the Nuremberg Code. When I emailed Army Public Health Command and asked about adverse events, the epidemiologist emailed me back and told me that they were not tracking, tracing, or monitoring adverse events. I received an email encouraging military health care providers and professionals to get vaccinated, put a sticker on your uniform, post it to social media with the hashtag, the vaccine safe, hashtag, get vaccinated. This disturbed me because it seemed as though healthcare professionals were being used as the marketing arm of pharmaceutical companies. Many would say this is just good public health messaging, but I would say this is a violation of DODI that prohibits endorsement of a civilian product. Yes, these vaccines are a product. The pharmaceutical companies are not benevolent charities. They are there to make a profit, and they are. In May, I came across a young woman, a collegiate-level athlete, training for ranger school. She was everything we wanted in a female warrior. She had a promising career ahead of her. She told me that she was the only female in her ranger school class and the only one not vaccinated. She went on to tell me of the level of harassment and intimidation soldiers were facing for not getting vaccinated. She expressed her concerns about the effects that the vaccine might have on her fertility and health. I walked her through the potential risks and benefits uh, for her age, physical condition, and fitness. I told her, you have everything to lose and nothing to gain. She reached out and sent me this message. The time and pressure got the best of me. I know I met you for a reason, and there were so many signs and so much guidance against getting the vaccine. That day I spoke to another mentor who told me the vaccine is the future and leaders make sacrifices, sometimes so they can be there for their people. I went forward with that, feeling like it was going to allow me the opportunity to look out for others. I hate to say how much I regret the decision. It's been a little over two weeks and my body isn't right. I was in such a strong place physically and ready for ranger school, and about a week ago everything changed. I began hurting, having cramping, back pain, bruising, coughing. I ignored it because I really just wanted to go to ranger school. It's everything I'd ever worked for. I shaved my head and left Sunday to get my tab, and my body shut down on me out there. The five-mile run I've been run a million times beat me. I couldn't get my body to move any faster. I was in pain, not for being out of shape, but for whatever was happening inside my body. 
I was dropped from the course and went and saw a doctor. I don't know why, but I wanted to reach out to you and tell you how grateful I am, regardless of the fact I failed to see the signs and trust why God brought me to you that day. Thank you for trying to reach me. Thank you for caring about my health more than my job. I wish that there was a way to undo what has happened, but I can't. And I just try to move forward and get to a better place. I want to thank you again. I hope you continue to help people who haven't put themselves on the other side. Hearing her disastrous side effects was like looking in the mirror. I saw a promising young officer at the beginning of her military career knocked off her trajectory. It was later on that I reached out to Dr. McCullough, who invited me to be a group of hundreds of doctors, scientists, and mathematicians from around the world looking at early treatment and vaccine safety. One of the things that this female's story highlighted the most for me was that women had unique considerations than men and postmenopausal women. Women with in their childbearing potential have all the eggs they'll ever have from conception until menopause. Their exposure to various chemicals, toxins, drugs, and x-rays can not only affect their health, but that of their children and their ability to have children. I did my research. I found 8 out of 10 drugs pulled off the market disproportionately harmed females. <sighs> Doctors across the country should have been humbled when medical schools taught them the lessons learned from drugs like thalidomide and DES. DES was a synthetic estrogen given to women without problem. They had children, but the daughters of mothers who took DES got to be about 18 to 20 years old, and they developed rare genital cancers and infertility at an alarming rate. It took 40 years for the medical establishment to figure out that DES caused transgenerational infertility and cancers, and this was a drug that went through standard clinical trials. There is no substitute for time. You can throw money at things, you can cut regulations, but there is no substitute for time. In June of 2021, the CDC announced that they were holding an emergency meeting to discuss higher than expected myocarditis in 16 to 24-year-olds. Despite this announcement, the military did not even pause their vaccination efforts. Why? I made numerous efforts to get senior medical leaders to, at the very least, inform soldiers of the risk. Leadership ignored my concerns. This is very troubling for many reasons. You can't have informed consent if you don't tell your patients of the risks and benefits of a treatment or procedure. With respect to aviation safety, risk communication is critical. I saw five patients in clinic two of which presented with chest pain days to weeks after vaccination and were subsequently diagnosed with pericarditis and worked up to rule out myocarditis. The third pilot had been vaccinated and felt like he was drunk, chronically fatigued within 24 hours after vaccination. The pilot told me he didn't know what to do, so he drank a lot of coffee to try and, quote, wake himself up and continued to fly until he realized it wasn't going away. After I reported to my command, my concerns that in one morning I had to ground three out of three pilots due to vaccine injuries. The next day my patient, patients were canceled, my charts were pulled for review, 
and I was told that I would not be seeing acute patients anymore, just healthy pilots there for their flight physical. There's a concept of the 10th man, the loyal dissenter. That's the person that you select to be the dissenting opinion to prevent groupthink. Patients are entitled to a second opinion on their medical care. What happens when bureaucrats mandate that there is no dissenting opinion? In the military, flight surgeons can only make recommendations as to if a pilot is fit to fly or should be grounded. Ultimately, it is the commander taking on the risk and makes the final call to accept or reject a flight surgeon's recommendations. Fellow Americans, you are the ones taking on the risk. My recommendations are that Dr. Felci and the members of the FDA and NIH are unfit to fly this plane. They need to be grounded. Before COVID, I told you medical errors killed the equivalent of three Boeing 747s packed full of patients every day. Medicine is not perfect. Doctors are not perfect. This vaccine is not perfect. Yet we are mandating every single American get on board a single aircraft piloted by bureaucrats and administrators who are unfit to fly the aircraft. They need to be grounded. These are not leaders. These are administrators faithfully implementing policies. There is one narrative that the vaccines are safe and effective, but neither are true. Senator Johnson, I want to thank you for being a loyal dissenter, for doing your job and being a leader. I hope the American people do not, fear, do not let fear, division, and threats guide your actions. Seek wisdom, pursue truth, and put your trust in the Lord. Hold the line. Well, that's, uh, you know, what can you say? I have the, the utmost respect for, for Dr. Long because obviously her career is down the drain. She's done. Um, and by the way, for those who are watching on the video, the gentleman sitting next to her with the goatee, he was the gentleman who lost his son in April uh, a week after he got his shot. And he was very vocal about it. He's been on InfoWars and he tried to do a GoFundMe to cover the cost of his son's funeral. And GoFundMe deplatformed him because he was speaking out against the agenda. Remember, the goal of these people is rule number one of the Georgia Guidestones. Maintain humanity under $500 million in, perpel, uh, in perpetual, perpetual balance, excuse me, uh, perpetual balance with nature. They want to destroy all nations. One world government, one religion, one military. And you just heard her speak about how they are decimating our military. They're not just doing it through the injections either. They're putting in weak-minded uh, yesers in control, including Millie from top to bottom. Uh, well, I shouldn't say top to bottom because there's a lot of great soldiers. I'm talking about the, the upper echelon of leaders are, are compromised to a level we've never seen before. They're going to keep pushing the vaccinations till we give up. They're going to continue to poison our food. They're going to continue to spray us with chemtrails. They're going to continue to keep us uneducated. They're going to keep pushing Bill Gates's math. Uh, the state of Oregon now doesn't require you to, to pass. You can graduate with an F. They're not going to fail anybody anymore. They don't do homework anymore. 
It, it, this is all out war against us. What was your take on uh, what she had to say, John? Yeah, um, it, it was worth listening to all of it. And she held herself together pretty well. And you can hear the emotion in her voice. Uh, I, have, I wrote down a few things, but I can't cover it all, you know. But uh, I'll mention that uh, she wanted to improve uh, their record on just simply avoiding mistakes in the medical field, avoid medical malpractice and misadventure, as it's often called. I think there's a distinction in legal terms between the two. Um, you know, at the very least, because it costs money. I mean, that's basically, you know, the only thing that you can get anybody to care about. Is it costing us money? Okay, and we'll look into it, see if we can save money. Um, they don't really care about the human cost, but, you know, if it happens as a side effect, okay, there's no real skin off our nose. Whereas now, like, it's pretty clear listening to her there that the objective is to cause as much human misery, suffering, death, and destruction as possible, you know. And I do remember, by the way, looking into it, I wanted to compare our industry to both the what I thought were the, the flagship gold standards of never making mistakes, avoiding mistakes, um, so that we could learn from how they managed to get people not to be absent-minded. Um, now, it did look as if, yes, the airline industry did indeed have a lot of great protocols, and people who kept uh, on the ball in their own minds but the medical industry they were like marking up a leg saying right this leg that i've put an x on that's the one we chop off and then they'd wheel him into surgery and the doctor would go okay obviously the one with the x on means don't chop this one off keep that leg and he'd chop off the other leg stuff like that and of course he'd be so arrogant he'd say, i don't need to look at the charts i've been doing this for years i know what i'm doing and so on and so on and it happened with great regularity um then the hippocratic oath i looked into you know first do no harm uh well they changed it so they said well do a little bit of harm occasionally if somebody needs to die wouldn't it would and they always start off like wouldn't it be more, more of a, a caring thing to do to let somebody pass off peacefully so you know we'll just put in a line about and if i occasionally have to kill people let me only do it with you know a little bit of grief and on and on it goes until basically the hippocratic oath is first do no harm except when you want to which is now and then do it as often as possible right so you know um it's much easier to be destructive um we don't know exactly i mean i know we we have a lot of insight and we have a lot of um what amounts to evidence as to what's in it and we can take it all apart but we don't really know what it is and what it does and maybe they don't even know but they're just fairly sure that it's going to be injurious to a significant amount of people and maybe after their tests that they do uh, they find out that uh, they've given it to 200,000 military people well no, sorry those are the people who have left maybe but let's suppose they, that they give it to 200,000 military people and only 100,000 people die then they'll say ah it's not as effective as we'd like it to be <laughs> you know we need it to be more noxious more venomous um so you know uh anytime like it's you can create something right you can pull it down we see all these people the agitators the paid agitators sores as pets they can burn down things far easier to do that um but these people i think one of their hallmarks is they're not creative they don't have a creative spark they never build anything um so that's what they're great at just sowing destructive um mayhem you want to <laughs> Add to that, George. It would help if I took it off mute. Um, you know, this might be the worst Christmas message ever. I mean, it's Christmas week. I, I don't want to try to be like I said, dude, in gloom. But you got to understand. You got to put your mind in a frame of uh, this is this is really war. This is good against evil. Um, and when you're going into a fight, you, you need to know who it is you're fighting. 
Um, and it's important to know who's on your team, who's not on your team. You know, we always say, you know, it's the United Nations, it's the World Health Organization, it's the Bank of International Settlements, it's the World Economic Forum. By the way, on Twitter today, <laughs> uh, their big headline w- was talking about how the uh, World Economic Forum, it was all taken out of context. Uh, I'll actually read it. Uh, the Great Reset is the World Economic Forum's proposal for, coast po- uh, for post-COVID economy recovery, Reuters and the BBC report. So they are like all, all the conspiracy theories are coming true. I always say, what's the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth? Well, about six months. Uh, and now they're, they're addressing it. Well, like, yeah, it's, but some of the things that, you know, they're just taken out of context. We don't really want to call you guys. We're, we're looking out for your best interests, but now it's like the top story on Twitter. They're, they're starting to feel the pressure, know thy enemy and know, just remember what, you know, we're talking about the army last month that were floating the rumor that if you didn't get the, the jab, not only were you going to get a dishonorable discharge, excuse me, dishonorable discharge. They were going to make you pay back for the training that they invested in you. And if you were a special forces soldiers, that could be upwards of a million dollars. You're going to be in debt the rest of your life. Now, what ended up happening, they announced the other day, well, you're going to get an honorable discharge. That's it. Which I don't mean to belittle somebody losing their career. But that's what they do. They come with these huge threats. And when they realize that the rest of the people aren't going to cave no matter what, they take the foot off. So that's why it is important. Don't comply. Do not comply. You comply, you die. Yeah, you've reminded me there when you say that they can take the foot off and they can uh, walk anything back. Um, it's like the fisherman's reel. They can, you know, ratchet uh, a few steps and if they think they've, you know, got the line a bit too tight, they can let off a couple of notches, you know, and they never called for it. And, of course, these people see uh, everything as just the grand plan that's been put in motion for who knows how long but several generations at the very least and they see it as the tessellated uh, playing board the grand chess board and um, it's a bit like if you're playing a game of chess against the computer but anytime you make you're playing it at rookie level so they're playing it on easy mode and anytime they make a mistake and we kind of go oh okay you've overstepped your, your bounds there we'll we'll take you now they kind of go oh no i didn't mean that move computer uh, undo undo that last move and then we all just forget about it, erased from the memory. So it's infuriating the way they do that. Um, can I add one more thing? Right? Obviously, this is insane. Right? Now, let's just go a little bit back from spiritual, back again, below even esoteric, and just let's look at this as exactly the paradigm most people are used to. Okay? So it's east, east versus west, or there's three uh, big superpowers at play, you know, the three sheaves of corn, like in Orwell's 1984, that constantly need to be perpetually at war, the tr- three sheaves of corn that hold each other up. So China, Russia, and uh, the USA. So if uh, there's the bear, the eagle, and uh, I suppose the, the dragon, always fighting, you know? Well, um, what do you got to ask yourself then is like just in that kind of paradigm if i was china like what i would do is if i could why would i send my armies over like you know no 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 no, absolutely not you sort of get your own army to say oh quick um we're gonna fight ourselves and we're going to inject ourselves with let's say at least an unknown poison we have to keep doing it until we find out how many of us die i mean if you can get your enemy to commit suicide before you even have to fire a shot why even get off the sofa yeah 
so it's insanity right and it always brings back to me this is a fundamental question when you look at these people is it incompetence or malevolence and uh, i was kind of this sort of a meme of some japanese manga person or whatever or anime girl or something saying why not both <laughs> you know it's always a bit of both hey all right george there you go uh i still have two more audio clips i want to play i'm going to close with one that's kind of funny to, to send everybody out on a happy note but um talking about you know holding the line this is somebody who who was like many people we know it's somebody who thought you know all those silly conspiracy theorists you know when i'm going through social media i see these things and i just laugh but this uh impacted her her life listen there was a time when i would scroll through social media and see posts about the pandemic we're going through and the comments would just be like, this isn't about health, this is about control. And I would always just brush those comments off as conspiracy theories. <laughs> like, of course the government has our best interests at heart. Of course the government doesn't want us to get sick. And they're trying to take care of us. And then I found out the very, very hard way that this is not about our health. You want to know how I know it's not about our health anymore? <laughs> I have first-hand experience on this topic. <laughs> okay, so my husband, after his first dose, got myocarditis. He had multiple doctors say that it was likely caused by the jab. Then they went back and said it was unlikely. Then they refused to write an exemption for the next dose. But now, now we found a doctor who absolutely wholeheartedly believes that this was caused by the jab. He wants to help us. He really does. But you know what he said? If he writes us an exemption, he's going to get investigated and he's going to have his license threatened. How is it that when a doctor is trying to help a patient, write them an exemption for something that severely harmed them the first time is going to get investigated and have their license threatened. How is it about health? How is it about health when those other doctors are sending people who have had severe adverse reactions back to go get a second dose? Wake up, people. When doctors are being investigated... <laughs> And having their license threatened for trying to help a patient avoid something that harmed them in the first place. How is that about health? There you go. And you hear more and more of that every day. Doctors who have been compromised and doctors that are losing their license. Again, there is no escaping. It's, you, you, need to, you need to decide now. Are you in this game or are you not? Because this is, you know, this this has that end game feel to it. If you're going to resist this, this is coming. This totalitarian control grid—that's what it is. You have to comply. Don't accept a national ID or biometric card. Uh, refuse the vaccines. Turn off the TV. Don't eat GMO food to the best of your ability. This this is about eugenics. This is about control and. Uh, you, you see these stories, these young people, just in the last half an hour, you've heard all the stories. Uh, you've had Army soldiers' careers destroyed. Uh, people's uh, loved ones are being affected by this. 
And people still, the, the level of cognitive dissonance that's going on right now is scary. Because even Stevie Wonder can see what's going on right now. John? Yeah. Um, I suppose this is not the first time we've heard of a doctor saying, I could lose my job if I don't go along with the pushing of the, the drug and not just the pushing of it um, or whatever it is, you know, um, but the insistence that you have to take it. There is no other option. Uh, they're not advising or pushing or um, promoting. They are playing the sort of rubber meets the road uh, part of enforcement you know and regardless of whether you know doctors look if they're clever enough to just remember oh if i see these symptoms just presume it's this and then take a few other factors into account and then sure the brisk the the guy and the pharmacist will basically be my safety net that's what most doctors do these days you can like people think they're clever as well right you have good doctors and bad doctors but you can have a lot of educated idiots these days being doctors and i notice that you have to have a certain level of intelligence to start asking yourself, what are my morals, right? So I'm not like what Jesus said in the cross saying, oh, Father, forgive them. They know not what to do. I want to say, Father, smite them with great prejudice because they ought to know what they do. And if they don't, tough luck, you know, because all these doctors who say, I could lose my job if I don't continue to poison you. I mean, come on, who doesn't understand the equation that's at play here? You know, oh, is your husband nearly dead? Well, we have to finish him off. Otherwise, I might lose my job. And, you know, I've got golf club fees to pay, you know, and I have a Mercedes and I can't possibly drive a Toyota. That's what these people are effectively saying, you know, and every one of them should understand the Hippocratic Oath. And um, no matter how they've rewritten it, these aren't confusing principles. The same way as I get so infuriated with Christians and they kind of go, oh, you mean don't do unto others uh, as I would have them do unto me if it's a bad thing? Oh, gosh, this Christianity thing, it's so confusing, this morality. Oh, gosh, maybe I'll get the hang of it eventually, you know, after I do a lot more self-serving. Um, this is, I think, why I and a lot of other people um, feel like that we don't like our fellow human beings, you know, and, and a lot of people say, oh, no, but they've, they've just been confused by all the propaganda and it's not their real fault. They've never known any better. They never have the right upbringing, blah, 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 you know. Um, I said on one of your shows before, I don't like this sentiment in me, but I do want these people to be severe. I says, we are human, we are free. is a worldwide nonviolent resistance movement to free ourselves from elite control and resist the forces of fear and dehumanization. There's a lot of like-minded people out there. You just have to go out there and find them. But again, you have to start at the local uh, you know, you got to start with your community. You have to. It buffered oh, for just a second there. We're good. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So I, I don't know what the problem is. Uh, I've the last week I've had emails go to spam. I've had emails not being received. My internet's been glitchy, and I have a gig. I have the you know fast internet. It's frustrating. Well I don't like to be the crazy conspiracy. You know, they're after me. But you know, I've had a lot of weird things happen over the last week. Mm. Well, Dan had latency issues as well. So um, that's like, well, as as basic with your connection, it's the ping to the ISP or your data service provider. But we'll look into it later. I'm sure your listeners will tell us if they have are having any similar issues and we can get enough data points then to find out if they are indeed poisoning the um, arteries of the information network, which we're using or not, you know. They keep promising us there's going to be a dark winter on all levels, but... Well, we'll persevere, we'll reroute, and uh, we'll get around it. There you go. Do you have any plans for this weekend? Well, um, 
I've told you about how I, you know, felt like it's my last row with everybody. Um, I'll say this again, you know, maybe I did say it on air before, but if not, I, I didn't want to mention these things because I don't like letting the powers of be know either. But um, my father, unfortunately, he likes being a good citizen. So even beforehand, like I told him, please, Dad, like in case you were thinking of getting this, do not get this. I explained it to him every which way from Sundays as I could gently, but he doesn't like taking instruction from his son. Sure. As a father will know everything. He teaches his son. That's the way it goes. And he said to me, I wouldn't be silly enough to take any of that. Of course not. What would I be doing that for? Then I didn't hear from him for a couple of weeks. And then I feared that he'd gone off. And yes, he had, you know. So um, I'm sure he's boosted up and everything now. And um, one of my brothers told me before that um, I needed to just get with the program, stop being such a stick in the mud, stop dragging my heels. I needed to get on board with society, find a way to live in this new paradigm sort of thing, you know. So um, I felt like once that that was said to me that there's no going back. I don't know how there could be any going back, but nonetheless, um, it's not. I am a little worried that they like if there if there is genuine messenger RNA and spike proteins and all this sort of stuff in it, and that there is a concept of shedding, and that whatever it is could be transmissible either through proximity touch or being in the air. I am a little worried because maybe I don't exactly want to die or maybe I'd rather not die of some kind of mutant, mutagenic virus. Right. Kind of thing, you know? um, but nonetheless, I think I will, if I'm invited, because my father is sort of saying that he, I'm asking me like, what am I doing for Christmas? So I, that's his way of inviting me. Sure. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I might go to, visit my brothers for Christmas. But um, I'm I'm sort of sort of saying to myself, I think it's better to do that than to say, I don't know you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, I don't know how much of a happy Christmas that is for people, right? <laughs> but there is something no, in, in every it. Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I will say about a redemption story. Yes, sir. Despite what I said about how disgusted I am with everybody who... Uh, like Judah says, like when before the cockroaches, I don't know thee, you know, like the yeah. doctors. Oh, no, I, I don't. Tr truth, I don't know thee. No, no, no. I only know the, the line that the Pharisees tell us to follow, essentially. Right. Um, those people disgust me. But I've never been perfect all my life. Absolutely. And I certainly didn't know everything. And I didn't. Yeah. And I didn't know everything now. So in the story of Scrooge and other things like that, there is a story of redemption in a lot of in a lot of these tales. Um, I don't know where we'll find it, but I hope we might find it somewhere. Maybe not this year, maybe not the next, but someday. I'm trying to riff it in Casablanca a bit, <laughs> doing an opposite of that. So I don't know what the future holds, but um, I'm trying to hold on to some hope that there is a future for humanity, that we can clutch victory somehow for, um, from the jaws of defeat. And it won't necessarily be this year. I mean, if you look at their business plan, it, there was one that was released that said from March of 2020 to some month of 2015 was the, sorry, 2025. 2025. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, like, I mean, Stalin did five-year plans. He didn't just have one. He thought it was so great. He had another one. I don't know if I've got the resilience, the stamina to keep going. We'll all have dark days, dark weeks. Yeah. Um, it's pretty exhausting. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. 651 days. That's, that's a hell of a psyop. Yeah. 
Yeah. So this look, I don't want to say to people that's nothing. We we ain't even got started like like um dead poet design. Yeah, we ain't seen nothing yet. And I'm just getting warmed up, you know, <laughs> if that's what they're doing to us, you know. So look, uh, I'll uh, I'll let you say a bit more there if, if I don't know how many minutes we've got left, George. Uh we we've got about five minutes um tonight if you're free. If you're not doing anything at 9 p.m. Eastern time, you can hop on the uh, thefacthunter.com. We have our weekly roundtable. We have folks from the U.K., Australia, Canada, and uh, folks here in the United States. We kind of uh, you know, let everybody know what's gone on in the different parts of the world. Um, things are getting pesky over uh, with Russia and Ukraine, lots of things flying uh, on Twitter right now from an account I follow, which is fun. <laughs> it's end game World War III, um, but a lot of stuff going on there. And uh, when you look at the parallels between World War I and the pandemic, and uh, I, I think World War I, I think the pandemic followed the war. And this one, I think uh, there may be a war that follows the pandemic. And there's a story that kind of eerily talked about how the Ukrainian soldiers were training in trenches. And of course, World War I was all trench warfare. So um, again, it, it's going to be a very interesting time uh, the next days and weeks following. But uh, whatever your belief is, stick to it. Be strong. If you ever need to reach out to anybody, uh, you can always reach out to me, thefacthunter at mail.com. That's thefacthunter at mail.com. Um, John, uh, you want to tell folks about your, your YouTube channel and, uh, your, your blog. Thanks, George. Uh, yeah, my blog is called extrapolations.blog. Uh, that, that is a URL that will just get you there. And my channel name on YouTube and a couple of the other sites like Odyssey. And I've put a few of my videos onto, um, Josh who TV and a couple on BitChute as well. Anyway, it's called eternal extrapolations. So um, I've put a few little short videos, by the way, on YouTube there of stoic quotes by uh, Marcus Aurelius, which basically are very Christian, but expressed in a Roman way. And I think they might be useful to people who are feeling at a low ebb occasionally. I mean, I need them to boost my own um, sort of sense of the show must go on at all costs. Um, can I just mention, because like I did say earlier, like that a few people that I've talked to this week are having very difficult Christmases. And I'll just choose one to mention um and that is a friend of mine in france who whose wife um lives in the same house as him but basically they hardly have spoken and it's unfortunately been the way for a few years but has really been incommunicado in the last uh, two years and one of his sons won't talk to him anymore at all hasn't heard from him in a long time and he feels like basically he's got nothing in common with his own family and that he's got no friends, uh, no human contact. And he said that the only reason that he hasn't killed himself is because he's terrified that if he does, that the rules of the game might be that he's sent straight back again and he will lose whatever knowledge he has of the particular game we're in. He is he feels that this place is purgatory or some kind of torture. And so people are genuinely at that kind of a low ebb, you know. Um, and of course, like, he doesn't believe any of this convicts. He's enraged and infuriated. But of course... How can he strike at any of the people who are causing this? You know, um, so you know, I, I, I really appreciate that people like him are real and they express their feelings in a genuine manner. Um, but I think that he thinks that 
I am able to keep an even keel and an even temperament. But I, I want to you know say again to everybody out there, no, it's not the case. But if I know it sounds cliche, but we'll all be able to help each other. That's why we all need to stay in the game. Because while I'm down, you will be up and vice versa. So we do all need to stick around to give each other words of encouragement. We don't know how important we are. The smallest of kind words could really make the difference between life and death to people. Thanks, George. So well said, my friend. And make sure you follow John's YouTube channel, Eternal Extrapolations, and his blog at extrapolations.blog. And uh, shout out to everybody. Have have a wonderful uh, Christmas. Have a great meal. Uh, Hug your family. And uh, to everybody who joined us today on the show in the chat room, uh, thank you for your time. Uh, There's a great show that follows us. Don't go anywhere. Uh, It's the event with uh, Giuseppe and Jim Fetzer. Always a great two-hour show. Um, Walter and everybody else in the chat room, uh, we appreciate it. And and again, um, we got to be there for each other. Uh, I truly believe this isn't just, you know, me trying to give a halftime speech to my team. We're, we're chosen to be here for this time. We have the strength. We have the will. And like I said, we're, we may have lost some battles, but the war's not over. Um, and keeping the station going is part of the fight. So if you can, uh, please support. So until next time, uh, for John, I'm George, the Fact Hunter. Take care. God bless. And we will see you.